Let's just do this. Okay, it's probably live right now. Uh, maybe. Oh, nice. Maybe. I maybe maybe. Yeah, we probably Play are. Play us in, George. Play us in, Mr. Co. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Robot on the Bear. What episode are we on now? I think we are on 68. 68. What a fortuitous number. We have yes. today, we have, <laughs> we have George Go, pianist extraordinaire. Pianist mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> you said extraordinaire. Well, um, I just decided to say mediocre. Eric had to bring me down a level just to humble yeah. myself. Oh, you know. Well, you know. That, that's what Eric does. You know. I mean, yes. yeah. what he's good at. So, yeah. Yeah, one well, thing I'm good at. You, you even have, like, the, the mic and the, the spit catcher and everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, where's I mean, mine? I don't know. You're just using an iPhone. I mean, you're just, you're just yeah. like, my, I'm my... like, too. I don't need a setup, you know? <laughs> The voice I is totally so clear. The totally voice is so it. clear. I know. I knew. I knew there was gonna be problems when I saw your you. You started off landscape like sideways. And you're like, oh, I'm yeah, gonna cheat I, the I podcast. I'm gonna cheat cheat the podcast. <laughs> what happens, anyways? Um. So first off, uh, welcome George Co. Again, and also Luke Chu. You are in your studio, right? This is the. I am this in is the studio. First or second time broadcasting from this, there? Maybe. This, this is the second time in yeah. the studio. Awesome. Yeah, been a, it's, it's been a busy, it's a busy couple months, that, that busy month. So, right. you know, I'll, I like I'll how you reduced here. it from couple of months to just <laughs> like you were thinking. About, <laughs> wait, wait, the few months oh, before I, that, I, I was just dicking around. So it's actually this month. Yeah. No, I, I was, I was straight dicking around. You know, oh, it God. was great. You know, you got, I, I, I'm one of those people that needs like dick time. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Luke Chu, I'm the one of the type of guy that needs dick time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Dick, dick time to dick around. Uh, so. Okay. Modification <laughs> needed there. It's all good. Anyway, so George, what have you been up to? George Coe is a pianist, uh, among other things. Yes. Uh, yeah, first off, first off, before we get anywhere, we're calling you a pianist. Prove it. Oh, okay. Yes. Prove this. Wait, first off, what do you do? Are you pushing a, like a button that already has music programmed and then you're just moving around like this? Oh, yeah. I, 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 this is all from fake BS. No, I, I, I'm actually playing. I don't believe it. Uh, on a Steinway. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that piano is probably. How much money is that piano, George? This one. So brand new. This would have been a hundred two thousand dollars. OK. Whew. So like. So, like, you know, one of James's bigger stuff would probably be. Well, or a cumulative, a few of Luke Chu's paintings. A few. A few. A few. Like a few. A few. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, a few. I don't know. I don't know. Larger paintings, for sure. But either way, that's pretty cool. Anyways, prove it, George. I don't believe you. Okay.
beautiful. George, yes. is that, was that beautiful. you improvising or was was that like, is that actually like some kind of, you know, something that was already written before? No, that was completely improvised. I just, uh, I was thinking of, I was thinking of you, Luke. I was just thinking of you needing more dick time. And so I was like, oh, that's, that's the music that, that works. That out. is dick time music right there. Yeah. <laughs> that wow. Is the soundtrack to dick time. Wow. Dicking around, gain that that's, more, more of that dick for dicking around. That's a very <laughs> elegant, elegant dick time right there. Very elegant. But I uh, only expect prime dick for dick time, <laughs> dicking, for dicking around. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> So I mean, this, this episode will be dicking, will be called "Dicking Around with George Co." Wow! <laughs> yeah, I sure really want that in my uh, SEO. You know, like when people say George Co. on Google, it's gonna say George Co. Dick time. <laughs> yeah, dick time. <laughs> anyway, yeah. well, so okay. Like, how long have you been playing piano for? So I've been playing since I was five, and like mm-hmm. a lot of Asian American kids, you know, I was forced to do it. Hated the goddamn thing. But I, I didn't start doing it professionally until I was 23, so the last five years. Uh, before mm. then, I just I just did it because I had to do it. Um, but when I was in college, I actually had to I had to drop out because I wasn't I wasn't good enough. Like I, I I wanted to become a professional musician, and I realized if I wanted to get to a certain level, I had to put in the work and practice. You know, it's kind of like if you want to be a good artist, you just got to like sketch those a thousand shitty drawings. And so I, I dropped out of college to study piano conducting seriously for one year. So I practiced eight hours a day and I went back to school and I switched my major. And that's when I started really getting into the classical stuff. And then, mm. but, but the last year and a half, I would say basically since I started doing that music meditation stuff with GR, like during the beginning of the pandemic is when I started to really write my own music. That's mm. when I like really left the total classical world and just started improvising and t- doing my own thing. Wait, so, well, from what I gathered, you actually, I mean, you are a professional musician. Yes. And as a professional music, classically trained professional musician, what does that, like, where do you do your job outside of the pandemic, from the pandemic stuff that you're doing? Yeah, so uh, if, like, before, I would say before this year, like, if I was just pure classical, like, I played shit like this. Like if I just played that kind of shit, um, it would just be like, I would play at concert halls or con- concert venues. So mm. it'd be like a very small recital hall, like um, 50 to 100 seats to a really big concert hall, like 2,000 to 4,000 seats. Um, or I'd play with orchestras or I'd play at music festivals. And basically any hoity-toity event you can think of or gala, like they, they usually have a piano player play, you know, or, you know like any, all of that kind of repertoire. So like galas, I played at galas, museum openings. Like I did one for the Museum of Fine Arts. That was that was awesome. They did this Hokusai exhibit where they had the best woodblock prints, like the originals. So that, that was one of my favorite um, like fundraiser events because like I could actually enjoy it. Like I had, I had a good time going there and playing. Um, but mm. yeah, so it'd be recitals, private venues, 
I played at vineyards. Um, and that's where you make the bulk of your living is touring. And I actually mm. wasn't a recording artist. I didn't have any albums or EPs or singles um, when I was just touring classically. But so like before the pandemic, that's principally what you did. You just played gigs and you wore a suit. So, yeah. So how do you, okay. Like I'm, <laughs> this is a, a world that I know nothing of. So I'm a little, I'm curious how one like goes from, you know, like practicing the piano to, you know, like playing like galas because like, it's not like, rock and roll where you know you like play in your garage for a while and then suddenly you get you know um you know a, a thing at the whiskey a go-go or some shit like that you right. know it's or is it it's um it's a lot more nepotism nepo like there's a lot more nepotism involved i think generally oh wow there's not, there's not really a clear-cut path um if you're a white male you're set you know <laughs> like many industries really uh, yeah uh it's really hard to make it as a non-white male um so basically assuming you've you've done the work like you can play assuming you have a program ready so like uh so like our version of a set list like if you if you're talking about a strict classical world which i'm kind of not a part of anymore but like back in the old back in the old days um you'd have mm. something called a recital program, which is like your set list. It's about an hour and a half to two hours of piano music. Mm -hmm. And you'd have to prepare two or three of those to go on tour. And then you also have to have in your back pocket concertos. So concertos are piano pieces that are playing with an orchestra. And those one piece goes from 30 minutes to an hour. And you need to have about two to three of those too. So it's a lot of like, you basically have six hours of music that you need to have memorized, ready to go. Assuming you've done all your homework there, you still may not be able to get a gig. Wow. So, so like to get a gig, you have to, there's a couple ways. One is you have a rich family. So they, they donate money to a concert hall. So they say like, I'll give you a hundred grand, but you have to let my son or my daughter play. Wow. One concert. So that's, that's a lot of people get in that way. So it's really funny. I would say 70 to 80% of concert pianists come from very wealthy families. Like that's just kind of the way it is. Um, the second method is to win a major competition. So like there's only three piano competitions in the world that can lead to a career. So that's the Tchaikovsky piano competition, the Chopin piano competition, and the Van Cliburn piano competition. The probability of you winning is, um, one thousandth of a percent. So which one did you win? Oh, I didn't win any. I got oh. kicked out. <laughs> I got knocked out. I got knocked out in first round uh, of a lot of them. So, um, but yeah, so like that's one way you win the competition. Usually an agent scouts you because they go to the final recital and then they give you a shot. Another way is there are two small labels. There's only two for the whole entire classical music industry. There are two small labels that do a competition. Uh, it's the Young Artists Guild and the Concert Artists Guild. And if you win their competition, they'll give you a record deal and they'll give you 50 concerts. Wow. And yeah, so it's a big deal if you win this one. I think this competition is a little bit more important than the really big, like just pure piano competition uh, organizations. But if you, if, if you pass, the, like if you do 50 concerts and you sell well, 
they will push you to one of the bigger labels or bigger like uh, managing, uh, uh, get a bigger management company to to uh, manage your career. Then then you have a shot. And then the last method. Oh, there's two more methods. My bad. So another method is you wait for someone to die. I'm not even kidding. The wait for them to die or get really sick. So like the most famous concert pianist today, Long Long, got his start because Andre Watts, this other concert pianist, got a pneumonia. He got super sick, so he couldn't perform. And Long Long got a phone call five hours before his concert to fly to Chicago to sub for Andre Watts. And that's how he got famous. And like, that person's really famous, right? I actually heard of them. Yeah, yeah, Long Long is Long like, Long's like yeah. is it like maybe the number one pianist in the world maybe? Like in terms of career for sh not yeah, like yeah. he's he's the Michael Jackson of piano like uh, maybe that's not the best analogy. He's the because <laughs> he likes you know little yeah, yeah, kids. Yeah. And yeah, he's, he's got, got a, he's got he's got long long or his name is long long for a right. reason. First off, yeah, and then uh, he has long long ranch. Yeah, yeah. That's some oh. serious dick time. Oh, yep. Yeah. I hope I hope he, I actually he, he gives long long lessons. Yeah. Oh. oh. No. Sorry. I hope he never sees this because it's okay. <laughs> But like so you yeah. you did say in the beginning. Well, there, first off, is there a last another way besides a person dying? I, um, I kind of yeah, interrupted yeah. you. So I forgot. No, no, no. It's Let's all fix good. that. Uh, it's a conductor. Um, a conductor risks their career on you. So oh, a conductor gotcha. is just like you know what? I, I I fucking believe this musician so much. I'm gonna give up a night where we can make money, like bring in a famous artist. I'm gonna give up that night, and a concert hall in one night could pull in two hundred grand. Like, right. I mean, they still won't break even, but like, you know, that sounds <laughs> impressive. But uh, they will bank that concert night on that one artist. That gotcha. happens. I've in my entire career, I'm I'm 28, so it's not been that long. But like, what I've what I've seen in my career, I've only seen it happen twice, mm. and mm. that's <laughs> two times out of like 15 years. Kind of suck, you know? <laughs> that's yeah. Terrible odd. So. So yeah, that, that's, those are the only ways to make it. Like to do it the way I did it, like I'm considered a rebel in the industry. And um, so I, I, I have like a weird, I guess a weird reputation in the classical world, but I, I didn't go that way. I didn't go at any of those methods at all. Um, and so- uh, How'd you do it? I just, you know, I think kind of like in that GR spirit, I just kind of, I just kind of did what I did and I just I was like, I'm going to do it. And I just asked, I asked a lot of people for help. And I think it's like, I was very entrepreneur and getting my gigs. Like I would ask people to just give me a shot. I would audition for them on the spot, which is not very common. Like I would go to hotels in Manhattan and I'd be like, Hey, do you need someone to play piano? Like in the afternoon for some hotel guests, like, like a performance, not just like background music. Although I, I played a lot of background music and they're like, no, we're good. And I'm like, can I just play five minutes? And they're like, no, 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 it's okay. And like, I just wouldn't listen. I just go straight to the piano and play for five minutes. And they'd be like, okay, you can play next week, three o'clock. <laughs> you know? And that's, oh, wow. that's how I got gigs. And, uh, or I would send CDs or I would actually do consulting deals for companies. Like I would like, because on my day job, I'm a brand strategist. So I would like go to a company, do a consulting project for them. And I said, oh, I don't want to get paid, but I'll play piano for you guys. So I would trade my paid, my paid freelance job for an opportunity to play piano. So I, that's kind of how I thought about getting gigs because I knew, I knew I was good, 
like in I would say I'm in the top one to three hundred pianists in the world. I know what? Like, that like no at, way. I'm at wow. That's that's um but that's I'm, scaping up a lot of pianists. <laughs> no, <laughs> like I, I would well, I would say I'm very lucky to be in like that because like all my colleagues have been at the very top, but like the only people that make money are the top thirty. Ah, uh, so gotcha. there's not it's. There are okay. There are sixty million people in the world playing, studying piano. There are about a thousand that are like very good. Like you are at the highest level of performance, and there's about three to four hundred that are pretty much the same in terms of professionalism. So I'm like in that. I would say I like, gotcha. I mean that kind of grew, but then I think the, yeah. Uh, it sounded I know it sounded arrogant. No, I think tons. I think but, t- I think yeah. tons of industries are like that. Like I think mm. tennis is almost like that. Uh, but maybe yeah. the numbers are a little better. But if you're number five hundred in the world, you're basically broke. You're not making you're, any money. You're broke, but you're you're, like, you're giving you're, you're giving amazing. tennis lessons to little kids, and yeah. if you're lucky, yeah, and but, but, but you're, you're nothing. But exactly. you're not going to make money. That, but so you're that, amazing. You know, you, but you're amazing. Yeah, yeah, so like, that's awesome. Where, gotcha. That's, that's where I'm at. I'm the guy at the country club giving lessons to little kids, and like <laughs> the, the 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 like the top thirty is the only one that can say. I make piano. I do piano full time. Like but, I perform full time. Uh, so, um, well, a couple things. One, you said uh, it helps being white, but uh, Long Long is Asian. Um, yeah. Yo Yo Ma is Asian. I'm, he's not a piano player, but right. uh, doesn't being Asian actually help? Uh, Don't they know that that means hard work and that you had lessons longer than everybody, you, you <laughs> and would... that you you are smart. You went right. to Harvard. <laughs> uh, what else? You know, like you, you would think. Isn't wasn't that helpful? That's what I thought initially, uh-huh. you know, from the get-go of my career. But I found out very quickly, no. I, I think yeah. Yo-Yo got very lucky at a young age. Well, Yo-Yo's a particular case because he was what you would define as a prodigy. Like, he played at the White House with his sister when he was seven. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy was... Everyone knew he was incredible, and he did his debut concert at Carnegie Hall when he was 10. Mm-hmm. So this wow. guy, he was, the, he was the greatest in the world from the get-go. Yeah. So, you know, so, I just noticed, uh, I uh-huh. think you need to change your name because <laughs> Long Long, Yo-Yo, I mean... Coco! I mean, Coco! Coco! I mean, or Jojo. Uh, I mean, that, so so in Chinese, like a double a double sounding name is good luck. Like it's a, it's a huge right. trend in China. Like... Mm-hmm. Um, George yeah. George. George George. George, George. George yeah. of the Jungle. That's, that's hard. Or JJ or Gigi. Gigi. Oh, no, 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 no. Gigi Gucci's, no, the Gucci's. No. Yeah, you got the Gucci look. <laughs> oh, Gucci's, two G's backwards. Go oh, Gucci's. Man. Okay. Anyway, no, but yeah, we tried. Yeah, we tried. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think like, um, yeah, it's like the, the, there's only like a few that can really do it full time. And so wow. it's, it's incredibly competitive and like, um, yeah, I think there's only, like there's only thirty, and then yeah, like I thought being Asian was an advantage, and I think it's more so now because China is such a huge market, and Korea is really big on classical music. But the people that have the power to put you in those management positions to get you, like there are two, the two best classical music management companies are Col- are Columbia Artist Management and Opus Three Artists, and if you look at their entire roster, it's like ninety percent white. Wow. And then the best label to record classical music, the, the best three labels are um, Deutsch Grammophon, Decca Classical, and uh, wow. 
Those are like classical. old. Yeah, that's like the highest. Like Decca, level. come like on, Deca, that's like yeah. Those are like seventy-eight RPM records. Decca. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, like that's like that's a, it's a classic. Um, yeah. But like to get on the like most of their our roster is white, and it's because mm-hmm. the people who are making decisions are white. And oh. And so, and, and, and like Asian the, Pacific Islander Heritage Month. Here no, we go. Yeah, yeah, no, no. But like, and so, like, to to be a minority and make it, you really have to have such a huge following, and you have to be so good at what you do that it pressures those labels to finally adopt you. Gotcha. So to give a shot. Wow. Yeah. So to give a shot to a young, non-white artist is really hard in this industry. Um, like, if you think about it, the LA Phil does not look like the way it did until Gustavo Dudamel became music director. Most of the LA Phil was white. There was almost no Hispanic musicians. And it's because of Gustavo Dudamel, you go look at the LA Phil, it actually represents LA. It's really, yeah. It's, oh, okay. Like there's like black musicians, Hispanic musicians, Asian American awesome. musicians. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. There's a ton of female musicians. The LA Phil commissions the most female composer works in the entire world. They have the most female conductors come in and, and 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 be guest conductors for the for the philharmonic so it it's it's starting to change but the reality is yeah it's still white dominated white male dominated um what's funny is i know a lot of the these great pianists and i would say the best ones are mostly female right now most of the conservatories are female attended but very few of them get the big gigs so it's just Mm. it's kind of interesting watch on the sidelines too you're just kind of like wow, what I see in school and my peers is not reflected on the concert hall stages at all. So, wow. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, but so you're, you're let's just say you're not a, oh, where did Luke go? Anyways, you're not a top 30 um, pianist that's going to make a living. But you you mentioned that you actually uh, recorded with Dan Automator, you know, yeah. producer of Gorillaz. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Everything. Automator. Yeah. Uh, his own music. Yeah. Solo Dr. music. Octagon, musician. Dr. Octagon. Yeah. 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 So uh, tell us about that because he he could have tapped a top 30 musician, but I, I, pick George Coe. No, yeah. No, I got. Uh, yeah. I, I got lucky uh, for sure. I mean, I, I have to say it goes back to you, Eric. I know we always kiss your ring, but like uh, if, mm-hmm. if, I, if I hadn't. If I like life, I think life is so interesting in that way. Like if we hadn't worked on Giant Robot Media together, I would have never really met Dan. And like it started from just me taking photos like for that article. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. You it, shot pictures of Dan real quick. Yeah, just real quick. Like I met him yeah. for like five minutes. And yeah. and then we just kind of like ran into each other at like all the events and like stories we did through that year. And uh, we just stayed in touch. And then. Yeah, he just kind of texted me out of the blue. He's like, hey, I remember you play piano. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, can you send me some of your stuff? So I just sent him some of my classical stuff. And we met up. And he was telling me that he was doing a project for a movie. And it was for the Salt and Peppa biopic for Life. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. yeah with, with Domino. And so he, he was like, hey, uh, I need some. I just need some piano stuff like to fill out and make the soundtrack a little bit better. I said, like, OK, cool. So we started a like a kind of like a working relationship on that movie. And I have to admit, like maybe because I also started writing my own music and I started changing my style to be more on improvising that it allowed me to write really fast. And so I was able to churn out the ideas that Dan and I had very quickly. And we were able to kind of 
we and we did this whole thing remotely because of the pandemic, right? So like we were composing at a very fast pace. And so I basically improvised the, the all the orchestral thematic stuff for the movie on the fly. With, without watching it or while watching it? Like, oh, so we, we sketched out a couple ideas with the story in mind. And then I got a, I got a temp. Um, I got a temp score first. Gotcha. And then I got a screeny. Like, I got the screeny link. And then, so I kind of played to picture. But then, I don't know, like, it started with just needing, like, 30 seconds of piano music. And then I ended up, I ended up, was able to, I composed the main theme of the movie. What? Awesome. All the specific themes of character development. They let me, like Dan just let me go at it. And I I actually ended up playing, I think there's like 15 minutes of piano music. Oh, well, good. So are you, can you play even a short sample of that? I think the theme, I think the theme I wrote. So that's the main theme of the movie. Awesome. Yeah. Then it like mm. like different nice. parts of the film will it'll be like more like echoey, like you know, like more cinematic stuff. And I uh, see. So, but so it seems like it's very introspective sounds. Do you ever do something really upbeat for a movie? Like, um, or ha- did anything come up where it's you know? Because otherwise, it's, it's a hip hop based movie. But then yeah. it sounds like you're playing like the dramatic parts. Are there anything? Yeah. yeah. I, I, don't I played know. most of the dramatic stuff. <laughs> oh, you like did? Okay. Motivational stuff. Um, gotcha. Like the motivational stuff, I went in reverse. So it goes down. So the motivational stuff, we went like. I just took the main. I thing. made it. No, that that's yeah, what I, mean. got, that right? I made it. We made it, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> that that's that that's that's. that's we made the, it, Luke. Luke, we made yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I on a Studio Ghibli movie, you know. It, it has that, that's like, a feeling. It's awesome, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, congrats. That, that's but that's rad, right? So it's like yeah. here you are, a classical musician, more so. And then you start improvising your own, and then you're doing stuff with Automator. That's already bizarre, right, for a pianist. I Yeah, right. I mean, I still <laughs> couldn't believe, like, Dan and I were making music during... Like, first of all, the fact Dan even reached out, like, not, not just to me as, like, someone who took photos for him, but just as, like, hey, I want to hang out, and I heard you're a musician, to giving me the time and trust to, to like actually write music for a movie for a lifetime and then mm-hmm. giving me the trust to just compose everything out. Like, yeah. So I, I didn't, I didn't believe you. I didn't believe you. So I texted him and he said, he said, <laughs> <laughs> so he said, um, he's going to have you do more. Right? Yeah. We're, right? we're so there you go. Yeah. yeah he, he texted I, me. He goes, yeah, I'm gonna have him do more. I was like, you sure we got the same guy? You know, <laughs> he's, he was like, you're talking about long, long, right? And I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> I'm kidding. No, uh, so cool. Very cool. Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're 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 waiting to do more. Like I think it's just waiting for Hollywood to kind of, you know, kind of give us the green light and be. You like, should start a band with him because he plays uh, the violin, right? Yeah, I mean, violinist. Yeah, he's a bad. Yeah, he was a, trained violinist. He said he said he wasn't as good as he wished he could have been, 
He said he would be, he told me he'd be good enough to be like a fourth chair at like the San Francisco Orchestra type of thing. And, you know, (laughs) it's good, but he said it's not first chair. He said he's not, you know, he couldn't be that good, but he said he'd be good enough for fourth. And he was like, nah, nah, I'll just produce automator music, you know, Mm -hmm. instead. I think that's a little better, but it's cool. No, I, no, it's, 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 you know, it's so cool. every day it's an honor. Um, and, uh, yeah, like during the pandemic, we, we quarantined ourselves for like 14 days and we took this, like, you know, we, we took a COVID test from Korea because at that time we couldn't even get good COVID tests in America. Right. And so we took COVID tests and I went over to his place in SF and we oh, recorded, cool. we did this whole album together where he made all the beats and then I just recorded on his vintage synths. And it was mm. it was the first time in my entire life I got to play on a CS60. I got to play on a, an original. I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah, so what CS, is what is CS- a CS60 is a Yamaha synth. It's it's legendary. It used ones like 14 grand. And and mm. like it's made it made a, like almost all the space sounds. Oh. So it's, that's it's a very famous console. And then I, I also got to play on a Jupiter, original Jupiter 8 which is the console that made all the sounds from the 70s to the 80s, like that very happy, like, you know, the, the um, like, uh, uh, Chariots on Fire. It was recorded on that console. And so, wow. so like, I, I was amazing. Dan's collection was crazy. And so we made this album together. And I think Dan's thinking of putting it into a TV show, maybe, which would be awesome. But, cool. like, it was just awesome, like, just to make music together and, yeah, we're just waiting for Hollywood to reopen and how long, yeah, see, see where it goes. So, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. But yeah, at the same time, you've also been like doing like musical compositions, you uh, like shows with the giant robot stream. And then you've also been on Clubhouse, you know. And... Oh, can you, can you talk first about the pandemic music stuff? Because uh, that was a really weird time where I was like, okay, we need, we need something, you know, cause this is like, very stressful and you started playing on, I think it was Sundays, kind of like Sunday music or something like that. It was like, I forgot what it was now, what we called it, but uh, that was really rad. So I wonder if you could talk about that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, I think like it was, I, I, I moved back to Sawtell for a little bit, but then I ended, I ended up breaking up my lease because all my neighbors got COVID. So I was like, yeah, I'm done. I'm out of here. But, uh, but during Yikes. that time, yeah, like I would just hang out at GR and we were, I think we just wanted, like we, we knew we were going to go into lockdown. We knew like this was getting pretty serious and, I, you know, everyone's kind of bummed out. And I remember Eric, you telling me like, hey, wouldn't it be nice if we just shared, like maybe if I played some piano and shared, shared that like kind of good vibes with the entire GR family and just, uh, you know, like provide some soothing music and i was like yeah that'd be awesome and oh, i said that yeah you, you said oh, nice things, that's hard Eric. that's yeah, god right? it's hard for me to believe but <laughs> yeah, uh that doesn't sound like Eric. <laughs> <laughs> i was like who's this I think, but uh i think i think the deadly virus just you know triggered that one part of eric we don't really see yeah <laughs> but it, i just remember now nah, i just remember it was a stressful time every yeah. day it was just like bad news upon bad news and yeah, yeah. mystery not knowing anything and uh you know, having George play piano, I remember it was just like fun. It was just like, oh, look at it just for an hour or whatever it was, 45 minutes or something. We just got yeah. to be free for one hour mentally. And people were watching it. I remember I was getting screenshots, people like eating dinner and watching George play. Like that it was, was like cool. dinner time. Like, you know, so people were like, it was just people all over the place. Just like, oh, look at us. 
here's we're watching George, you know, and yeah. uh, it was kind of it was really nice. And it was just cool yeah. to see all like everyone have so many nice words. And we started out with doing it. We did it three times a week initially. And <laughs> yeah, that's too much. Yeah, we, well, because we, we thought it was <laughs> okay. only going to last like a few months. Right. We were yeah. like. Didn't oh, and, know. and our promise was like, I, I, I like remember telling the audience, I was like, I'm going to try to keep this up until we're out of the pandemic. <laughs> right? And that was my like stupid blanket promise. And then it, when it came to like August, I remember texting Eric. I'm like, dude, I'm doing once a week, man. Because that's okay. Nuts. And Eric, Eric was like, yeah, 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 this is fucking crazy. Like we're still in yeah. the, 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 and we're still. I <laughs> I, I had this I had this idea originally that I wanted to get like a beater piano and put it in the back of a pickup truck and like we drive around and yeah. we play concerts in the street, you know, like like in a neighborhood or something. But then I figure people get angry. So, mm. you know, I, you know, like this is during the height of the lockdown where you're not yeah. supposed to be out like it's curfew all the time. I was like, oh, it'd be awesome to do that. Just like have George play in the middle of the street, you know. Because there's no cars, right? Funky piano improvisational things. Have you seen a lot of that, like, the YouTube stuff where, like, they have, like, some guy dressed up like a homeless dude and, like, you know, get on, a like, a public piano and just kind of go to town on it and, like, the videos get, like, stupid amounts of views, especially if it's, like, anime theme related for some reason. But like, you know, but there's like videos of like that kind of thing going on all over YouTube. Like, look at that homeless guy. He can't possibly have talent. And then suddenly, oh, oh, my God, he's got talent. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, how do you, do you ever, have you ever seen those? And how do you feel about that kind of thing? I have seen them because they're all over Instagram. Uh, and I'm an Instagram fiend. I, I think like. I, I don't like, I, I'm, I'm a very honest artist. I wear myself on my sleeve. So that's how I pursue my art. And I, I, I hope people like what I do because this is generally what I believe I like I in doing like, like, um, you know, and so I feel like if you're going to do a video like that, if you're on, if you're going with the onset of not being true to yourself you know you're setting up a gimmick then the video becomes a gimmick i think and it's entertaining i mean it's fun watching those but mm. then you get labeled as the gimmick you're the meme right you're not an artist you're not and, jo- and luke is like sitting there going memes yes that's a yes. good thing <laughs> <laughs> short-term gain it's okay short-term game it short-term game is okay as I long as a, yeah you know like Sometimes you need that little boost to kind of get. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. I think memeing, like memeing something's okay, but you got to convert it like fast. You got to convert it to, if you want to prolong your career as an artist, you got to convert it to something genuine pretty quick or back it up. Because I think a lot of those guys, like there's that really famous boogie woogie one. Like they're like, uh, 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 or they're going like. Like they're playing something like that and it's like wow it's so impressive but then that's the only tune they know then you're one trick pony uh or, <laughs> yeah. or like some people say they're really amazing and in the piano world you look at the video and you're like wow they're really bad and that's just not me being judgmental because we don't but we don't know i mean do right. we know the difference between somebody who's uh played for 20 years versus a top uh, 30 uh, pianist we might not know you may not it know. might be the same it might be the same thing to, to us but you know i think the intention behind the music you can tell like i think you yeah. can tell if an artist means what they mean like i like i 
like I think classical musicians are always so like they're like audiophiles. They care about the fidelity. Like they want the note perfect thing, the perfect timing, the perfect timbre, the perfect intonation, like blah, blah, blah. But I've been to concerts where nothing was perfect, but because the artist believed in whatever the fuck they were doing so much, I was moved. Like that, that's more meaningful to me than like a note perfect thing. So I, 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 yeah, you're right in that, like in terms of the fidelity, right? It's like, it's like a lot of people can't tell the difference between I don't know, like a like a uh, an original, like an original piece of art, or like a really high fidelity print. Most people can't tell the difference. An artist can tell. Like you can look at it and be like, oh, I know that's a print. I know that is a painting that was done with multiple layers and all those things. But like with with most people, they can't really tell. Like it's amazing. Like I have prints in my apartment, right? People come over, they're like, oh, that's an original. I'm like. I'm thinking in my head, it's clearly a print. There's like 39 slash two. It's obviously a print. Like, I'm not hiding that. It's just 20, 30. Yeah. But like, that's, you know, it's, it's like that. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But I think when you know the intention behind it, when you get that from the artist, then it doesn't matter how well or how badly they play the, it. What matters is if they moved you or not. And I think that has value. So if like, the gimmick and the meme turns into something that's moving, then yeah, go for it. Like you got the break with the internet, then use it to your advantage. But if you start out as a gimmick and that's the intentionality and you're always going to be a gimmick, then I don't know. It's going to be really hard to build a career out of that. Mm. Yeah. I got a few questions from the internet. Is that okay? Yeah. From the net. Uh, see, angry bananas. He asks, uh, describe a time when you worked with a difficult musician. Yeah, no names are necessary. Which just, one? <laughs> <laughs> just give us a give us a story. Um, and what, what I mean, because like we're not musicians, we don't know. So yeah. like, um, oh man, which one should I pick? A, fe- <laughs> a female, a female one that's about your age. Oh, oops, um, I'm kidding. Oh, I mean, so I. So I'll, I'll give some quick anecdotes just to spell out how crazy <laughs> this world is. Like, so I'll, I'll give some in the classical world. Um, so I, I played in a recital one time with six other concert pianists and we were, there was an audience award that would be given um, like for like the audience votes at the end of the concert who they liked the most. And this girl was jealous. I guess she was jealous of my playing. She tried to break my hands. Oh, geez, yeah. Tanya Harding. What? <laughs> she tried to Tanya Harding me um, at, at Carnegie Hall. Uh, and it was a very high-profile concert. Like, the, um, a couple members of the UN were there. Uh, uh, there was a, someone from the, um, like the Poland consulate. The, it was a pretty high-profile concert. Um, and so I played. I was warming up. I don't remember. What was I playing? I think I played... Uh, Chopin Ballade number three. Ca- casual yeah. flex right there. Just a casual <laughs> flex. Hey, you can. Mm. No, nah, it's, okay. it's all good. No. Play, play as much as you like. I'm just going to make fun of it. So could Tom Hanks in big. <laughs> With his feet. <laughs> With his feet. With his feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um, t- yeah, how did she almost break your hand? I went, I was like going backstage and she asked me if I could hold something for her. She's like, oh, I'm looking for something. Can you hold this? So I have my left hand and I put my hand on like the edge of the door frame. 
Oh. And so she walked in and saw my hand was like holding onto the door frame like that, and she just slammed the door oh. towards my hand. And I pulled my hand right before the door closed. And Carnegie Hall, the backstage door, it's a 15 foot tall door. And wow. it weighs like 300 pounds because it's a soundproof door. I was going to say it's probably soundproof. Yeah. So if I didn't move my hand, I would have totally broken my hand. Like, all wow. What did she say? She said, oh, whoops. Damn. What a yeah, I know. Well, yeah. Break I, just, uh, I remember looking at her and I just said, you know. What's her name? No, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, Everyone's going to like, no, there's yeah. going to be. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. I remember telling her, I just said, hey, look, I just want to let you know if this is how you're going to treat me here in this tiny little concert, you're not going to go very far in life. You said, "Good luck. Good luck with that approach." Right. <laughs> and and yeah, that was a very. Good then she changed her name to Long Long. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That would be great. I mean, I don't think she her like her career today is nowhere. Like she's not gigging. Mm. She's not. You know. Uh, so there was that. Um, uh, oh she, wait, uh-huh. there's um a, a couple of other questions. Do oh, we want to yeah, jump yeah. to those? I mean, yeah, gotta, you don't have to talk. You don't have to talk about more how your hand almost. We don't want it. That sounds. Uh, that's really sad. I mean, or unless you want to sad. point out some. Unless you want to point out some more musicians, but uh, um, um, so. I mean, <laughs> I, I actually anything outside of classical, I've had a blast. I, okay. I really like working with Dan is awesome. Like we just yeah. vibe back and forth. We and we. I think it's because we both come at it with we love music. And, and mm. we are in a sponge state where we're, we're listening to everything and being very attentive to the world. Whereas classical musicians are like, this is just what I do, don't bother me. And so mm. like that vibe, so I would say almost, I would say 90% of my interactions with the classical musicians have been negative from the get-go. Whereas wow. I would say oh, 90% of my interactions with people outside of classical have been awesome. Just like cool. making music, having fun. So, so yeah, mm. but yeah, happy to answer the other. Oh, net, wonderful. Net Jenna asks, how often does he play other instruments? Oh, um, cause you play I, guitar. I I've play seen guitar. that. Yeah. Yeah. I play guitar. yeah. I, I, I play, I right now I primarily just play uh, piano and guitar. Um, I, I play the saxophone like a few times a year. Um, and then when I was a kid, I didn't know this, but I was a touring concert, uh, Chinese flute player. <laughs> What? Like oh, I didn't really? I didn't realize like so the bamboo flute. Yeah, and... bamboo flute, dizu. Yeah. And mm. I I was uh I apparently I was pretty good at it and my teacher would take me to concerts with them. And I thought this was like a class, but I was actually his like supporting flute player. So I actually played I played like 80 gigs with him when I was a kid. So I, I wow. so it's just kind of a random thing and it's funny it was like I haven't played Chinese flute in so long and I remember going to college and Someone asked me, "Hey, can you play? Like, do you want to audition for the Chinese, like Chinese, the the Harvard, the Harvard Chinese Orchestra student orchestra?" I'm like, "Okay, sure." They're like, "Can you play Chinese flute?" I'm like, "I, I haven't played in years, but I'll try." So I remember auditioning, and then <laughs> after I played, they're like, "Dude, were you like a pro?" And I'm like, "No, dude. Like, I just did this when I was a kid, and I didn't realize my teacher was like." Because I, I don't have a lot of, like, I don't really remember all this, but he grilled me. And I'm like, wow. I, I really studied the thing. And it was weird. Like, I had no idea that, I, I just had fun. Because my teacher was just such a nice guy. Like, I felt like I was having fun. I felt like I wasn't practicing. But every mm. lesson, he constructed in a way where I was practicing the Chinese flute. 
And so he was, I, I have kept my, okay, I, my dexterity still up. I can still do all the breathing stuff. Like I can play bird songs on the flute. And so that teacher was awesome. But yeah, so that was like a lifetime ago. So I, I play the Chinese flute like once a year, like maybe <laughs> twice a year just to keep it up. But you know, you should play kind of yeah. guitar. Yeah. I wonder if like that guy, those guys who like play the Chinese violin, like are still like, you know, on like hanging out on third street promenade because you can like go with the Chinese flute and duet with them and it would be amazing. Oh, that would be cool. The only problem is the Chinese <laughs> flute is really loud. It's really loud. It's piercing. Mm. So mm. yeah, like third street promenade would be perfect, but a subway would be like, Get, get the fuck out it's oh, so wow. no one goes to the subway yeah oh, that, now <laughs> yeah exactly oh in la yeah no one goes to the subway but like yeah because i realized i can't play chinese flute in my apartment i would get kicked out it's too loud oh wow wow yeah because i think so a uh, nine foot steinway is like 130 decibels a chinese my bamboo flute can go 135 wow, oh, wow. I, I think 100 i think 130 is kind of loud huh yeah that's like i kind of don't remember the number I can't remember like anything yeah. over one ten is like pretty close to deafening. It's yeah, I think I think my bloody Valentine was playing at something like one hundred and thirty plus or something weird, and uh, oh, you had to have earplugs. But yeah, oh yeah, yeah. those it was like record. Anyway, so okay, another question uh -huh. by uh, Doctor Andy Shen. I think it's I think he's the doctor. Um, George, do you have any unique classical piano re recordings that you love that you recommend, and also oh. non uh, classical piano as well? Okay, so if it's just classical piano, I really love Long Long's new Goldberg Variations recording. So it starts at like... Um, like that, that recording is phenomenal. So he has two recordings. It's his newest recording. He has one where it's a studio recording, and then he has one where he does the whole thing live. The piece takes about an hour to play. The live version is better than the studio recording. That's mm. when you're like, you know, he's like the greatest. So I would listen mm. to that one. Um, I love uh, Mitsuko Uchida's recording of the late Beethoven sonatas. Those are fantastic. Um, and then all of Rubinstein's Chopin recordings. They're just gorgeous. It's it's like. It's, is that old? Is that older? Or? That's old, yeah, that's old. That's an old recording. Oh. Um, mm. And then non-classical piano recordings. God, I mean uh like i guess non-classical piano but piano like i love hiromi Uehara. like she's i think she's a genius i think she's our living mozart right now um but she's like, and it's not it's not classical no she she plays like neo jazz funk stuff and she's in, like she's a genius uh like my my aspiration as an improviser is to be one one hundredth of her like Whoa, wait, what's her name what's her name again uh, Hiromi uh, Uehara, I think Ue okay, uh, yeah, and, Uehara probably or yeah. something like that. But okay, yeah, Uehara awesome. Hiromi, yeah. Um, and uh, so she's amazing. Uh, go listen to her. Uh, I'm a huge John Mayer fan. I think a lot of people who follow me know that I have this weird obsession with John Mayer. Uh, I, I don't know. I kind of love everything. Um, uh, yeah, I love Incubus. Um, Incubus. Incubus, yeah, like old old Incubus. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. Now, now that I'm put on the spot, it's kind of hard to like spit it. That's oh, okay. Coltrane, Miles Davis. Uh, um, I don't know. Like all the Sinatra stuff. Um, 
you know, early Muse, early U2, classic rock, like all of it, Led Zeppelin, ACDC. All right, just, uh, just, just tons just, of music. Yeah, tons, tons of, of music. music. I love music, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's your favorite thing to play? My favorite thing to play? Yeah, the go-to. You have a go-to piece or someone's like, there's a piano just sitting there and it's like, what do you, you know? Someone's yeah. like, play something. I, what, you know, how do you respond to that? Play something and then... And then you know, I like, play something, and they're like, ah, oh, this fucking sucks. No, I, no. Uh, I mean, you know. <laughs> um, I really like playing, like, I have a version of uh, the Blackbird by the Beatles, and I really like playing that right now. I, I Rock it. Play, play, play it, please. I'll play, I'll even play. just even part of it or whatever you yeah, like. I'll play a little bit, yeah. I know that song. It's cool. I can see that being composed awesome. as a duet, like you know, yeah. with you know, with one person holding the, the the foundational melodies and rhythms, and another one like kind of going in with like some of the improvisational um, stuff that you're doing. Oh yeah, I mean, I would love to do if if I ever get the if I could ever get to this point, in my career, like in a label backs me, I would love to do a tour with like a trio or a combo. Where it's mm. like, like a really great drum player, a really great guitar player, a really great bass player, and then maybe like a really good electronic musician and just like do stuff like this. It'd be super cool. Mm. Do you ever mess around with like um, electronic, um, like, like, you know, like synths and stuff like that? Like, you know, just, you know, since you, I mean, like you're, you know your way around a keyboard. I guess the next thing is to to know how to you know fuck around with the knobs and the uh, the, the patches. Yeah, be like uh, Wendy Carlos and just be like, you know, like uh, put the put the yeah the cable. It's a thing. No, it's no. I, so like that's the next challenge Dan has for me as an artist is like he's like go try that out. Um, so I I actually just downloaded a couple of synth patches on Pro Tools and. I have my Nord, you know, MIDI plugged into my laptop. I'm gonna, that's my project for the next two weeks is to really figure that out. Cause yeah, I like if I, and, and maybe explore singing, mm. you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like I don't well, know, let's uh, try it out, you know, see what, Hey, what else do I got to do during this pandemic? You know, 
Yeah, I mean, like, oh, that's actually, that's something that I it just suddenly, like, I don't know why it didn't dawn on me earlier, but, like, the pandemic has really kind of, like, shut down, like, live shows. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, 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 no one's going to, like, you know, like, venues or fucking, like, you know, concert halls or anything like that. Right. So, like, did that really, like, like, just decimate your schedule? Oh, it killed the momentum, like, yeah, immediately. So, like, I, so, well, so it, it helped, okay, the pandemic helped me discover myself as an artist. Like, it helped me break the cycle just playing, you know, just playing classical. It helped me break that cycle. It forced me to find a way to find myself as an artist and as a composer. So mm-hmm. I am very grateful for the pandemic in that way. I guess that's a really weird thing to say. But um, George is grateful for the pandemic. I am no, grateful no, no. for the pandemic. Please, George Coe. Please Co. do not. I'm please do not. <laughs> no, but, uh, no, Thanos, Thanos is grateful for the pandemic. Yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I am team Thanos. So. Oh, okay. oh, okay. You're team, oh, yeah, left, it's the left hand, right? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm team Snap. Oh, <laughs> um, no, but like, I, yeah, like before the pandemic, I was supposed to go on a 30 concert tour just to play. Wow. Concert. Oh. And it was like uh, LASF, Portland, Seattle. Oh, wait, LASF, Portland, Seattle, Dallas, Philly, Chicago, New York, and then a bunch of cities in Europe. And then I was going to do like Japan was the one I was psyched for. It's going to be uh, Tokyo, Osaka, and Kobe. Like, and, oh, wow. uh, yeah. And then, I, and then I timed it so I could vacation in, in, uh, in Arashiyama. So I was like really looking forward to that. And then totally decimated that so um yeah. and and i like basically if, if i just relied on music as an income that was 98 percent of my income just gone vanished wow. because a lot of people are like oh you could teach and i'm like you could but um i've never had a teaching studio like i didn't go get students i didn't network as a teacher and so that would take time and well even then like I, i've taken piano lessons before and you know, like all of my piano lessons were me, the, the teacher sitting next to me, you know, at the piano. Yeah. Like, you know, so like you still have to interact. Yeah. Like, yep. you know, with, yep. if you want to teach effectively. Yeah. It's, you know. it's basically impossible to do it well on Zoom. Like, and it's hard to tell, like, like if you play. Versus. So in person, there's a huge difference, but on Zoom, yeah, I can't. I can't really tell. And like, I thought the same, yeah. And I'm using different technique both times, and you can't tell through Zoom. So it's just like it's impossible. Like I remember uh, someone signed up for Zoom coaching with me, and they wanted to learn how to play this really difficult list passage, like, like something like that. And they're like, oh, how do I do the body motion and stuff? And I just sat there and I looked at him on the screen. I said, I can't tell you through Zoom. He says, I need to take my hand and I need to pull your elbow because you need to feel how to move your muscles to get that perfect position. I said, there is no way. It's like it's like Kung Fu. It's like Wushu. Like if you don't have the master actually demonstrate it with you, or like, you know, like with Iman, when he was teaching Wen Chun, like he, 
he would show people the woodman and like you're you're taught to like interact with the other students right to develop the reflexes and mm-hmm. if you don't do like twice like you don't do learn any of that stuff with another with a partner you will never learn it the theory doesn't match the technique so yeah you're totally right mm-hmm. luke like it's just on zoom is just told it's i would say you can learn the notes but like after that it's kind of useless yeah and yeah and like you can't you just don't feel right asking for whatever a lesson costs right yeah, so i mean like i i would charge like over a 100 bucks but like i can't i can't consciously do that so i i do like i don't know like 45 bucks like i charge really cheap but like i do as much as i can digitally but then i would tell them like here are the things you're going to have to do in person that I can't help you right now. You have to, you know, so yeah. yeah. So, so the, the pandemic really for most classical musicians, specifically and pianists, it, it really just destroyed everyone's career. Um, yeah. <laughs> destroyed yeah. a career. It really just yeah. destroyed it. But, it just, it, but yeah. for the, uh, for the hustlers, it opened up new opportunities. In a way. Yes. I would say cash flow wise, it's still pretty terrible, but like uh, in terms of, <laughs> No, in terms of the idea churning, right? Like I think had it not been for the pandemic, I wouldn't have invested so much time into Clubhouse. And through Clubhouse, I was able to find this community of people who liked my music, who supported, who bought merch on my oh, website, cool. who offered me gigs in other countries, who who have increased my like my spot. So like just the power of Clubhouse. Before Clubhouse, I had 6,000 streams on Spotify. And after Clubhouse, I now have almost 40,000 streams. So that's wow. all because of Clubhouse. So wow. uh, if it hadn't been for Clubhouse, no one, I mean, I, I would say it's still not a lot of people listen to my music in the grand scheme of the industry, but like a lot less people would have not listened to my music. So it, it, uh, um, it's, 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 yeah, you're, in that respect, it has opened opportunities. And, and if it wasn't for the pandemic, I don't think I would have worked with Dan like that yeah. too right because oh tell us about the ep before I f- oh yeah our time's running out a little bit so oh, i was okay. like oh gonna squeeze that in make sure we talk about your ep yes. yes so uh my latest ep under the peach tree was a collab with maggie chong who right now has her art show fantastic fruits at gr2 um and it was fun to finally play somewhere like eric that was the first time i played live in 15 16 months well, and you played a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, hours like, and hours and hours. Yeah, I was like, awesome. should I keep playing? I'm like, oh, there's still people walking in. Yeah, I should keep playing. I'm like, okay. Um, sure. it, was good, it was good practice. Uh, no, it was a lot of fun. And basically, I was working on this EP. I had all these sketches for songs, but I didn't have a theme to combine them. So, like, I had... I had that sketched out, and then I had... I was like, okay, then I had, and then I had, and so I, I didn't know creatively how to link it all, but I knew I had to. You know what you also it. had during that, that weekend? You what? came up with a theme for me. Oh. <laughs> Do you remember what it was? Remember the Luke Chu, the Luke Chu song? <laughs> Remember how he walked around? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, that's, that's the Luke Chu. Thing. The Luke Chu song, <laughs> and you should see Luke move to that song. Yeah. It was so good. Just like, imagine that with the bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of being derpy. Just being oh, a yeah. little derpy. You know, yeah. Um, it's so cute. Yeah, and so so basically, I had all these songs, and I'm a really big fan of Maggie's art, and I was just sure. Like, I was like, I was like, you know, because I was thinking about the album art for this, and I was like, I was thinking like which artist I've seen that reminds me of this kind of music, and I was like, oh, Maggie's stuff totally works with this music. So I just reached out to Maggie. I was like, hey. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty damn bored during this pandemic. Do you want to work on something together? And I'm like, cause I'm like, if you're busy, you got a show coming up. I don't want to. And it was like perfect. Cause she needed something to help create more pieces for her show. So I was like, Oh, the perfect timing. So I said, I have these songs. I have no idea how they're going to finish sounding, but can I text them to you and let me know if you want to do it. If you think they're total crap, then yeah, don't, don't work with me. Cause you're an amazing artist and I'm a PR. <laughs> so, so I was like, here's, here's, here's my shit. So I texted her and then she was like, oh, okay. Yeah, let's do something. So I said, okay. So I just kept texting her back and forth songs. And I finally got it recorded. I recorded it in my home studio. And then I got it mixed and mastered. And then I, I sent the files to her and she's like, okay. So we listened them to we listened to the tracks together. Like we had like a like our own hi-fi like listening party. And then we were like, okay, <laughs> that's cool. And we're like, hey, this could, this more, this reminds, she was like, this reminds me of seasons of the year. It's perfect. Four tracks. They're very different, but they're all kind of connected. And so they, so we were like playing on the theme of the seasons. And then she's like, well, I'm doing this show. It's fantastic fruits. She's doing this thing wants fruits. And we were thinking of fruits that kind of encompass all the seasons and had that, the imagery of the sound that I had in the music. And we just thought peaches and like under the peach tree. It just seemed very romantic and and calming and relaxing and and also like you know there's like a lot of peaches in Asian mythology and it's just like a lot of good things about peaches and it just brought a lot of good vibes because we've had such a shitty year and so we're like okay yeah let's do under the peach tree and so Maggie started painting um, like this she had this idea of a piano a a, a piano in the forest and this the, you know her small girl you know, character and like under the peach tree. And like, I remember seeing the first sketch. She was like, oh, I don't know about this, but like, what do you think? And I was just like, this is going to be on the cover of my EP. What a freaking oh. honor. I was like, wow. <laughs> I, was like, I was like blown away. I was like, this is going to be the best looking album art of my career. <laughs> I was like, so where, where wow. do they get, where do people get to see or download or get this album? Yeah, it- so uh, so you can uh, stream it on anything. So you can stream it on all your f- favorite streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, YouTube Music, Tidal, Deezer, what have you. You can purchase the album on iTunes if, you're, if you want to go old school. Um, and then I'm actually getting like the ac- like vinyl records on oh, you're Saturday doing that. this week. So I think cool. I think I'll have Ooh. we'll have 20 available to sell. Uh-huh. So I have to work out the logistics on how to get Maggie to sign. I, I want to ask Maggie if she could sign them too, but like she's in the bay, so I probably have to ship it back and forth. But yeah, um, just have yeah, like five of them signed, and then the the rest like, let people figure it out on their own. Oh, okay, like upsell the signed ones, like two thousand yeah. dollars. <laughs> That's cool. I yeah. get it, but mm-hmm. no. So this was it was just a fun collab, and um, it was just nice to work with a friend on a on an artistic project and 
I think so from from the entire pandemic, I released three EPs, one album and five singles. And so like I'm kind of like pooped out creatively like that. This this EP was kind of like the the last stretch of the creative juices. And now it's like I think it's, it's like, a lot in one year, man. It's, it's a, a lot. lot yeah. And so like I think now that this is per, like a perfect time to now take a break from writing just piano music and now going to the next phase right like explore and now it's time to dig around <laughs> wow and I, on love that that, note. That, I love that full circle big dick energy <laughs> very good wow all right uh i know Eric there's all there's up. yeah i gotta head out there's always something dirty on the stream which is always nice <laughs> george it was, it was great talking to you um, how can people find you on uh, social media yeah, um, so you can follow me at underscore George Co. That's at underscore G E O R G E K O. My website is georgeco.co. Yeah, there's two co's. It's a little confusing. Um, but yeah, and then uh, the best way to support me is to follow me on Spotify. So just type in my name. You'll see my face pop up. Like, I think it's like this. And then, uh, yeah, just give me a follow. That'd be super helpful. Sweet. All righty, awesome. guys. Um, thank you, George. And um, we'll, we'll be hopefully we'll be um, running. It will be will people see you around Los Angeles and uh, check out his music and look for him on clubs um, club uh, clubhouse clubhouse. And, um, <laughs> also, mm -hmm. so alrighty, everyone have a great night. Thank Thanks, you very Luke. much. Thanks, Eric. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thank George. You Thank you so much. Bye. Sayonara.